Good evening and welcome to another episode in Bobby's Journey. And if I'm being honest, this is probably the 11th or 12th time that I try to re-record this podcast because I had numerous amounts of interruptions. It was either by my mother, my cat, and mostly a bunch of unsolicited calls. But um, this podcast will mainly be about poems. And most they're going to be all my poems. Poems that I've written in the past. Mostly in high school. And before I get into it, I just want to talk about a little about I want to talk about how poetry has changed my life, at least when I used to write. Uh, When I was in high school is when I was first, when I first discovered my passion and my love for writing poems. I mean, not just poems, I, I, I... Always love writing, you know. I could always get an A or at least a B in my essays, but I always love writing. And I always thought poems were probably, I guess, corny or boring until I, I started writing them. I've written, and I guess when I discover my talent, it's when I started appreciating poetry. And that's when I began writing more and more and more. But the reason I discovered my talent in in poetry is because, you know, and, and, and this is normal because when you're a teenager in high school, you go through a lot of emotional stages. It's normal, you know. You feel like the world's against you. You feel like the world's always trying to bring you down. You feel like you're alone most of the time. Even if you do have friends and family, you just feel like you're alone most of the time. So I was going through a lot of emotional stages in my life during high school. And I wrote one poem. It was very deep and dark, I guess, because somebody said that's dark. Um, Not in a suicidal way. I guess it was just dark because it was sad. But I just like to see it as an emotional poem. And that was the first the first poem I wrote. I don't remember how it goes. I just know it was very emotional and, and sad and deep. That when I shared it with my classmates and the teacher, they praised me. And they were like, wow. I didn't know you could write poems. I mean, my classmates, my teachers always saw potential in me because even though I could be this badass kid and rebellious and I would go where the, you know, I would be like the moth that, you know, goes to the flame. And my old teachers always say, if you actually assert yourself, you would you could be successful you know i see a lot of potential in you but i guess i asserted myself into poetry um after i got like a lot of compliments from my co- classmates and my teacher who said I, that i should explore this talent i um started to actually explore it i didn't think that i would be good at poetry i thought that you know, you had to be uh, Edgar, Elam, Edgar Ellen Poe, whatever his name is, Amaya Angelou. You know, I can't name a lot of poets on, from the top of my head, but, you know, I thought you had to be, like, when you go to school and you, you're taking English or language arts, whatever, and um, you take these classes, you learn, a, you, you read a lot of you mostly read a lot of literature, you know, like novels and stuff, but you come across some poems. 
and you come across a lot of great, you know, poets. And if I'm being honest, some poems I didn't understand at all. And there were some poems that I did understand. But my poems were mostly, my poems are mostly emotional, deep, or I guess can they can be relevant in some way. And the reason why I started, you know, exploring poetry is because it helped me. It wasn't, it wasn't an escape um, of reality. It was more of a way to cope, a cope mechanism for reality. Because sometimes, you know, you go through tough times and maybe you don't want to tell your friends, your family, or or any other person, whether it's an adult or not, you know, you don't, you just, maybe you don't want to talk about your feelings, and I'm one of those person, I'm one of those people that likes to bottles up my emotions, which is not good, but I'm one of those that bottle up my emotions, and it's like, I'm, I'm like a soda, if you shake me enough, I'll, I'll, I'll explode, but poems... Writing poems really helped, you know. It was like a way of, you know, taking the cap off the the bottle and letting, you know, instead of shaking the soda to let it explode, you know, you would take the bottle of soda, uh, uncap it off, and you would, instead of letting, instead of, like, pouring it out, you would just, or I guess you could pour it out little by little or drink it little by little um that's how I felt when I would write poems you know I I felt like I was slowly unbottling my emotions in a healthy way instead of you know bottling my emotions day by day or week by week until like I finally couldn't bottle them up and explode on the wrong person it helped me a lot because I could get a lot of things off my chest that I probably couldn't say to a person. And, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm still that type of person that bottles up my emotions. I'm not very comf- confrontational. I don't like to confront people, even if they did me wrong. And even if they know they did me wrong, I don't like to confront people because I hate drama. I hate conflict. It make it puts me at it just stresses me out. It it puts puts makes me unease, you know? It, I feel like I wanna just bite my nails and rip my hair out when I'm in conflict and drama. I just don't like it. But when I used to write poems, I didn't feel like biting my nails, ripping my hair off. I didn't feel like you know, like I wanted to hurt myself. I felt at peace with myself. And when I started to share with others, and when they saw that I, I had such a great talent, you know, it made me feel special. Because usually I was always this goofy person. And people never took me serious. But when I started writing poems people started to look at me differently and started to take me serious because they were like wow I didn't know that you were more than just you know a comedian or 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 a jokester you know and laughs I I just thought you were just produced to make laughs and jokes I didn't know you can get serious I didn't know you could get so emotional in your poems and and in, in in a sense, my poems were a cry for help. You know, when I, whereas my laughter and jokes uh, laughter and just sorry, I, I had a an important text. But in a sense, you know, 
me trying to be a comedian, trying to make people laugh, trying to make jokes. I guess I was seeking for attention, you know, and approval from popular kids. And even though I was able to hang out with them, when I was when I first started to share my poems, it it wasn't for attention. I guess it was more for a cry for help. Or to have someone actually listen to me. And when people actually took me serious and started listening to me. I mean, yeah, I did feel special, but I felt important. I felt like I mattered. Like everything I I was saying was relevant to them. And that they actually cared. So basically, poetry helped me. It helped me from hurting myself. It helped me to bottle, I mean, not to bottle, to unbottle my emotions healthily. And maybe if I would have kept writing my poems, I probably would have had a healthy life, I guess. I would be able to assess my anger properly instead of having these mental breakdowns that I have. But let's get into my poems. The first poem is one of my favorites. And I'm actually getting these poems from my Facebook page. If you want to check out my Facebook page, it is called... Inspiring Writings by Ruth Nunez. Ruth, R-U-T-H, Nunez, N-U-N-E-Z. Inspiring Writings by Ruth Nunez. Check it out on Facebook. Um, okay, so here we go. First poem. Spread your, wi- your wings around me. Invite me to your nest. Watch over me like a hawk. Don't you dare leave me alone. Hang on to me like a mother kangaroo. Please do not let me fall out of your pouch. Listen to my echo when I'm in danger. Run, Cheetah, run to my distress. Swim through my accomplishments like wells do with their young ones. Teach me to burn all my obstacles, for I shall be held accountable for the problems I burn away. Hug me like a bear, and don't you dare let go until your cup outgrows you. Remember me, for I am loyal to you like a golden retriever. I shall never forget you as long as you don't abandon me like a snake. Spread your love around my heart. Poison me with determination. Bite me to increase my strength. Milk me with compassion. Shower me with your purity. Bring to me food of wisdom. Teach me to be known for my name. Help me walk like a cat in the dark. Help me go far, like a migrating bird. This poem is basically um, is from was from my mother, you know. But it's basically a child, teen, saying to their parent or asking the parent, "Can you please be there for me? Can you please help me?" Can you please help me survive this life? Teach me the ways of life, you know? Can you give me a little bit of your wisdom so that I can know what I'm doing and what to do with my life? I need to learn to be successful. I need you by my side. I need you to hold my hand when things get tough. I need you to provide a shoulder when I want to cry. I need you to hug me and tell me it's going to be okay if things don't go my way. I need you to, you know, shed light when I feel like I'm in a dark alley 
and I can't find my way. Basically, it's me as a child or teen asking my parent, don't abandon me, especially when I need you the most. Please. Please, please. Be there for me in every moment that I need you. And I'm getting very emotional because this poem, when I wrote it, I was at a time where I really wanted my family to be there for me. And this poem still speaks volumes to me because... I guess I'm a very emotional and sensitive person. And I guess I'm, even though I want to say that I'm not a family person, I would be lying to myself because I still live with my family and I'm 27 years old. And it's not something to be embarrassed of because I guess, I mean, when you're Hispanic, you tend to live with your family for a long time. Um, but, you know, sometimes you want your family or parents to be there for you at a time when you need them the most. And for me, that time would be when I came out the first time. I came out twice to my family. The first time being a teenager and the second time being a grown adult. And the first time I really needed my family, and they weren't there for me. And it was sad that my own friends were the ones that were supporting me and telling me that I should be who I am. But anyways, this poem just speaks volumes to me now, even though I wrote it back in 2010. Because even as an adult, you still need your family. And you still need them to to help support you, to provide, you know, emotional support or morale. And as much as I want to say I'm not a family person, I am. The only reason why I say I'm not a family person is because I don't want to end up having, creating my own family that ends up being dysfunctional, like the family I have now. I don't want to be a mother or father because I do relate more to men than women and I feel like I'm a woman I mean I'm a man trapped in a woman's body but either way I don't want to be that type of parent that my parents were I I wouldn't want to be that parent that disappoints my future children and maybe that's why I say I'm not a family person because I don't want my future child to feel the way I felt. I I don't want my future child to feel any emotional pain or suffering that I went through. I don't want my future child to see a dysfunctional family. So maybe I don't want a family in my fu- my near future or anytime soon because I don't want to disappoint my future family. You know, I don't even have a healthy relationship with my family. Yes, I have them and I'm grateful I even have a family. I'm grateful that I even have a roof under my head. But sometimes... Sometimes you need a family 
that's actually there for you, you know? A family that walks with you along your journey. And uh, I should probably move on to the next poem. Anyways, the next poem. I'm dying of pain, crying in rain. My tears are a bloody, stressful stain. Numbers and numbers everywhere trying to make my family fall. I once learned that there's one who hears a family call. He said he can do it all. Therefore, I asked him to help my family from going broke. Living on the streets is like having a heart stroke. I'm stressing on these numbers. They're killing me like a terrorist bomber. Oh, life has too many tragedy. Making it hard to pick that one good strategy. I'm trying to survive on a class I didn't wish I pertained to. But what can I do? There's only one thing I can do. I could pray, and hopefully a miracle will be on its way, and maybe those numbers won't be attacking. But he said he would give me a miracle that shall forever be stacking. And in this poem, I'm not trying to rap. I just like to rhyme, but this poem is basically... um, My family was going through a hard time. Uh... With money, and to be honest, we're still poor. We're still poor, but you know, at that time I didn't have a job because I was in high school, and my fam, my parents didn't allow me to get a job. They wanted me to focus on my studies and graduating high school. So, you know, it was kind of hard or difficult to see them struggling you know to make ends meet when your father is has to be under the sun for eight hours and you know your mother is under underappreciated or unappreciated at her job and you know both of your parents are not even making enough money to pay the bills or to to even put a shirt on on your back or to put food into your mouth. And I saw them struggling. And at that time, I used to believe in God. And I used to pray to him and I always asked for his help. And I always wanted him to be there for my family, to provide us a solution. And, well... I guess he never did because we're still poor. We're still living paycheck by paycheck. We're still trying to make ends meet. You know, we're lucky if if our bill is cheap. When it, when it comes to the light bill, if it's cheap. It's just, you know, it's hard trying to make it in America when you're poor. You know. And I don't know if we're considered, I don't even think we're considered middle class. I, I think we would probably consider low class. And, you know, it's it's hard to try to, I don't know, Surviving in a class you wish you didn't pertain to, you know, and I wouldn't say money is is happiness or is all that, but I say money is very, very important because without it, you can't survive. You need money for good health care. You need money to feed yourself, to put clothes on your back, to put food into your mouth. You need money to survive because without it, you're basically, you're basically nothing. But anyways, let's move on to the next poem. Um...
Okay, here we go. I've been told to have faith, that having it, my soul would be safe. Then there are people who say I don't need it, that I can live without it. My mom used to say, Mija, you should always pray. She said that I needed to get on my knees and give thanks for every day. Honestly, sometimes I lose my faith and I no longer want to pray. My soul then wanders off into the world. My uncle once said, oh, sorry. My soul then wanders off into the world. I begin to lose the innocence of this good girl. My uncle once said to never abandon your faith, that without it, you'll never get out of the dark maze. Others would say it's all right to believe in nothing, that it's better to give up on God and everything. I soon, so, I soon started to believe it because I got tired of waiting. But a wise man once says, child, God won't always have you waiting. He said, life is nothing without faith. That I had to be patient because if I had faith, I would not worry about the wait. Others told me to stop waiting and they kept debating, saying I needed to abandon my God because he doesn't exist. A pastor once told me, Mija, he does exist. He said I had to stop living in the darkness to start following the way of righteousness. He said I had to believe and to follow my God's deeds. But at the end of the day, what is faith? And will it help my soul to be saved? This poem's very was would have been relevant to me now if I actually had faith or wanted faith. But right now, I'm at that point of my life where I'm just atheist. I used to be agnostic, meaning that I'm skept. I was skeptical to believe that there was a higher power. You know, the difference between someone who's agnostic and atheist is someone who's agnostic is willing to believe as long as you provide factual evidence that there is a God out there, that there is a heaven and hell. Whereas an atheist says, "Hey, science can prove why Earth exists, why we do what we do, why." the sun comes out why the ocean is blue why you know why this happens basically they don't believe in any type of they don't believe that there is any higher power or that there is a heaven and hell you just die and uh, I grew up in a catholic household so it's funny that I went from being a very uh very uh, faithful Catholic to now, well, to agnostic, to agnostic to now, atheist. But um, I don't know. I I was ag- when I was agnostic. I was waiting for. Uh, an actual sign, actual evidence that God or even the devil exists, because I told myself, if the God, if God exists, the devil exists. If the devil exists, then there, there definitely God must must exist because evil balances out the good, and the good balances out the evil. It's like the yin yang. And they told me, and I told myself. The only way I could believe that there's a higher power is if I actually see God's face, Jesus' face, or even the devil. If I saw any, if I saw any divine presence, then I would believe. I wouldn't want to feel, I would want to see with my own eyes that there is a God, that there is a, that there is Jesus, the son of God, that there is a devil, that there is a hell and heaven out there. But I got tired of waiting, and now I want to say I don't care if that exists. I would say that if that does exist, then great, I can go from there. But I honestly am tired of waiting that I just just don't think that there's a point of me waiting anymore. 
Anyways, next poem. Look into the mirror. What do you see? When you're walking, whose shoes are you in? When you're talking, whose voice are you speaking? Think and reflect. Are you using someone else's brain? Your emotions and feelings, do they come from your heart? Your actions, are they owned by you or another person? Breathe in and out. Tell me, is that your breath? Or are you breathing someone else's air? Look around you and please tell me you see your own view and not someone else's perspective. When you're dressing yourself, do you wear what people tell you to do? Or do you express yourself? Speak to me. Are you going to, or are you going to censor yourself for others? Look at yourself. Who are you? Feel yourself. Is that your body? Taste what you eat. Or is someone controlling that as well? Hear the sounds around you. Do you hear that? Or are you controlled to hear what others want you to hear? And now smell that air around you. Do you smell that? Or is your sense of smell polluted as well? Basically, this poem is it's very relevant to me now too when i like i said as i mentioned earlier in this podcast i came out twice the first time was a failure because i had my own mom tell me i'd rather you have aids or hiv than for you to be gay so that hurt a lot you know and i actually got into a lot of arguments with my mother when I first came out, this was when I was 16, and I didn't feel accepted, and I, it, it hurt as hell, because I was like, how can my own mother not accept me for who I am, but I guess I can't, um, I couldn't have been too upset and too hurt, I should have known that, should have known that, you know, growing, growing up in a Catholic household, but anyways, when I first came out and it was a failure and I felt like shit, like, especially arguing with my mom every single day and I felt like it wasn't going to end, I just decided to conform to my mother's standards. I decided to just end the war with between me and my mother. And I told myself, you know what, I'm straight. Mom wants me to be straight, I'm straight. If that's what it takes my mother to love me again and accept me again, I'm straight. And from 16 to 24, which is eight years, for eight years, I was lying to myself, lying to my family, living a life that I didn't want to. I felt like I was trapped, you know. Every time I would look in the mirror, and see this girl, I would be like, who the hell is this girl? That's not me. Or at least that's not who I want to be. Because I feel like I'm a man trapped in a woman's body. I felt, I, I feel to this day that I was meant to be born as a man. Instead of having a vagina, I felt like I was meant to have a penis and testicles. Instead of having these big breasts, I felt like I was meant to have a strong, strong chest, you know, or and have sexy abs like Finn Balor. Look him up if you don't know who I'm talking about. I was meant to talk like a man with a deep voice, to have a nice beard, you know, to walk like a man. And I wouldn't say to entirely think like a man because I don't, man, not all men are so perfect. Well, no one's perfect, but what I, what I mean is I'm not, I am happy that on my second time that I came out, I was finally able to get through to my family that. I'm happy and that I'm not, I'm not gonna change who I am just to make them happy. So when I came out the second time, they saw that they had no choice but to accept me. 
that if I'm happy the way I am, I'm happy. And I was happy the second time because I finally was able to dress the way I wanted to dress, to cut my hair the way I wanted to cut my hair, to work alone, to look at women and be like, damn, girl, you fine as hell. I mean, I can't say that in front of my mom because she's still in denial, If even if she doesn't want to admit it. And she still thinks I'm in a phase or some stage where that later on in life, I'll realize that I like men. But I don't. Men disgust me in... And I don't mean men disgust me in that sense where I can't be friends with a guy. No, I can be friends with a guy. I can appreciate guys and respect them. But when it comes to love and sex and getting intimate, it dis- I get disgusted because I'm not into men. I'm into women. If I see a beautiful woman walking down the street, I'll stop and stare and be like, wow, she's beautiful. Straight out of a magazine. And if I see a handsome man, I'll be like, Okay, he's handsome. I wish I looked like him, but I, not that I would be like, "Damn, I want I want him." No, I would probably want to be like him just because he has a penis between his legs and I don't. And that's pretty much it. You know, but I'm happy because I get to dress the way I want to. But I'm not entirely happy because I feel like I'm a man trapped in a woman's body. I, f- I feel like I should have a man's body and not a woman's body. And it sucks for me because the majority of the women in Florida, or even in any country or state, the majority of the women throughout the wor- world are straight. I always get women that turn me down and say, no, I just, I love my penis. I loved it. And I'm like, what is what does it have to do with love, you know? You don't need sex for love. But anyways, I feel like it's easier to be a man because if women see me, they don't see a woman. They see a man. And I'm also uncomfortable because I don't like my body. I don't know what to do with my body. You know, I don't like to be touched because I feel like my body's, I have the wrong body, you know. And if I had the right body, a man's body, then... I wouldn't mind being touched. I just feel way more confident when I just believe that I am a man. I'm not pretending to be a man. I just believe that I am meant to be a man. It's like I have this little joke that I tell a lot of people, you know. I forget that I'm a woman until I get my period. You know, when I get that, when it's that time of the month is when I remember I'm a woman. Because that's my vagina saying, hey, bitch, you got your period. You're still a woman. But, you know, this poem is still relevant to me because when I look into the mirror, I still see a woman. When I'm walking, I'm always wondering, am I walking like I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best to walk like a man. So I'm always asking myself, am I walking like a man Or are these assholes still staring at me? When I'm talking, I know I have a woman's voice. But am I doing my best to sound a little bit tomboyish, at least? You know? And when I get emotional, do people think I think... Because, yes, I am in a woman's body, but when people see me get emotional... Do they think I'm just a little bitch? Or they just be like, eh, dudes can get emotional too. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, I'm going to go on to the next poem.
Okay, here we go. What is the meaning of happiness? And why is it hard to live a life without a mess? I've been trying to find a purpose in my life, but I don't under- I don't even understand life. When I look at the calendar, I just see days that I live by, but I don't see the importance importance of those days I live by. Sometimes I ask myself, who the hell am I? And what is the meaning of my life? Why am I supposed to wake up every morning? Is there a purpose for me to say good morning even when it's a bad morning? If I feel as if I'm not really living my life, I feel as if I'm not really living my life. All I'm doing is breathing air. All I'm doing each, each morning is brushing my hair. But when I look at in the mirror, I see a clueless girl. A girl that does not know what's going on around the world. What is the meaning of life? Am I living it right? Each day is just another meaningless day. Meaningless day. I wish my life was made out of clay. Then I could at least create some meaning into my life. But then again, I don't understand the meaning of life. This poem, I guess, is still relevant to me because, you know, I don't understand the meaningless. I don't un- I do understand what happiness is and I'm not miserable. Am I extremely happy? No. I'm at least 80% happy even if I don't know the purpose in my life and I but I'm I would say I'm 80% happy because I still experienced very happy moments. And despite that, I have a very, very, very extremely dysfunctional family. They still love me. And I still love them. They still want the best for me. And I still want the best for them. So I guess I'm I'm, I'm not unhappy with my life 100%. But I don't understand the purpose of my life because I don't know the purpose of my life. So yeah, when I look at the calendar, I just see days that I live by. Each day I'm waking up, brush, you know, take a shower, brush my teeth, brushing my hair, eating breakfast. It's basically a routine I follow. I go to work, you know, come back home and do what I need to do. It's it's all a routine. And that's all my life is. It's just a routine. What's What's the meaning of life, you know? I don't know because I don't I don't know what I'm meant to do with my life and I'm still trying to figure that out. And it's funny because when I was 18, 19, you know, I told myself by 25 I would have my life figured. I would know what I want to do with my life. And by 30 I'm already living that life and I'm happy with what I'm doing with my life. And guess what? When 25 comes, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And I'm 27, and I still don't know what I want to do with my life. And I have my family, not teasing me, more like nagging me to go back to school. Because I could, it's not too late. I could still do something with my life. But I don't want to go back to school. I don't feel like I'm cut out for school anymore. I'm not that smart, you know? Especially... With all the drinking I've done in the past and drinking that I'm still doing, I'm ruining more and more brain cells. So I don't think I'm smart enough to, not to compete, but to even be in a classroom with students that actually are striving for their ambition, striving to complete the goals. I don't even know what goals I have in my life. I don't know what I'm striving for. I, because I don't even have a, ambitions. So what am I doing with my life? I don't know. I know I'm wasting my life working in retail. You know. Basically this this poem is very relevant. Because am I living my life right? No I'm not. I'm not. Because I'm not actually sitting down and thinking what I want to do with my life and even if I sit down and think about what I want to do with my life I don't know I don't even know the purpose of my life 
I don't know. At one point, I wanted to be a um, a cop, to work for the FBI, to work for the Drug Enforcement Administration. But I don't know what I want anymore. I don't know. Anyways, one last poem and we'll um, wrap it up. Let's see. I have so many poems that tie in with each other. So, alright, I guess I can do, I guess I can do this one. And this will be the last poem. Why do I wake up? What's the purpose of mornings and nights? Why do I breathe? What's the purpose to having air to my lungs? Why do I talk? What's the purpose of my words? Why do I walk? Do I even have a path to follow? How come I cry? Do I even have a path to follow? Oh, sorry. I'm going to start over. I messed up. Why do I wake up? What's the purpose of mornings and nights? Why do I breathe? What's the purpose to having air to my lungs? Why do I talk? What's the purpose of my words? Why do I walk? Do I even have a path to follow? How come I cry? Is there a purpose for me to suffer? Why do I think? Is there a reason I must think? Is my mind useful? Why do I even live? What's my purpose in this world? Why do I even have a purpose? And what is that purpose? And why do I have to follow it? Questions exist, but they don't always have an answer. They say everything has a reason, but an, but that but that an explanation explanation isn't isn't always needed. Life goes on, but for what and why? People are born and people die, but what's the purpose of that? What's the purpose behind purpose behind being born only to die later on in life? Why do I make mistakes? What's the purpose of my errors? Why do I hurt inside? What's the purpose of my emotions? If they take over and sometimes destroy you. Why, why, why? And what is the purpose behind anything? Okay, that was the last poem. And that, just like the previous poem, it's very relevant because what's the what, what is the purpose of me having a life, me living, if I don't even know how to live it? If I don't even know what I want to do with it, you know? And I am, I was taking a quiz on BuzzFeed. You know, I love to take those personality quizzes for fun. You know, like I like to take those fun quizzes. And I took one quiz that said, uh, um, I don't know if it was pick outfits or pick uh, favorite foods or whatever. And we can accurately guess what you fear. And when I did the quiz, my the response I got was, I fear death. And yeah, that's pretty, pretty accurate. Because as someone that's no longer religious, that doesn't believe in any higher power, what, what the hell happens when you die? Do you actually, is there an actual heaven? And if there is an actual heaven, then there's an actual hell. And if there is an actual hell, then I'm going to hell if I die. And that means I would suffer. Like, what's going to happen to me when I die? And I always, I know every, I, I'm just afraid of death, you know. And I always thought, what's the purpose of being brought to a world that you're going to be taken from? And it can be any day, you know. It doesn't have to be later in life. You can be born, you can be born today and die today. You can born be born today and die tomorrow, you know. For those that are lucky to live a long life, well, maybe maybe they're not so lucky because maybe they're suffering. So, I. I don't know. I'm just I'm scared of death, and that's why I ask, what's the purpose of living if we're gonna we're all gonna die? 
And what I'm scared of the most is I don't even know how I would die. How the hell am I going to die? Am I going to have a peaceful death? Or am I just going to have a horrible death? A painful death? Am I going to be shot in the middle of, you know, am I going to be shot at while I'm walking down the road? Or am I going to be shot at, at my job? Someone gonna stab me to take my wallet. Is somebody gonna herb try to kill me in my car just because they wanted to steal they thought I had something valuable in my car or steal my car or whatever. Am I gonna die in my sleep when I'm having a nightmare? Or am I gonna die while I'm sleeping and just having a pathetic dream where I'm dreaming that I'm successful and I have money and I'm living in a nice house and, you know, dating my best friend. Well, I don't, not my best friend, but one of my best friends back in, when I used to work at Ross. I don't know, this poem is relevant to me because it's I mean if the previous poem was relevant to me this poem is obviously relevant to me because they tie in they're both the, they're, they're technically the same poem the only thing is one is asking why 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 you know and I still don't have the questions to most of them that if I mean I'm asking these questions now Anyways, we're going to continue talking about this. I'll see you in the next podcast. Have a good night.